Did You Have To is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Hey everyone, welcome back to Did You Have To, the podcast where we talk about the live action adaptations of your favorite anime. But today we're doing something a little different. We are reviewing Enter the Anime, a Netflix documentary that came out this week. As always, I'm Kate. And I'm Nisha. And I I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, so you have feelings and I'm disappointed. Uh. I have anger, resentment. Yep. Rage. All those things. <sighs> disappointment is there too. Um but do we want to do crunchy time before we get into this? Yes, let's. Let's let's start shine on a, a light. high note. Yeah, let's start on a high note, shine a light on some good things related to anime. Um and go from yeah. there. Cuz shocker, not all anime is on Netflix. Woohoo. Thank God. Cuz what <laughs> how would how would we get by with that? Wow. Who? You want to What are you go? talking about? You mean it's not the best anime ever? Shh. I mean, you know, only in the last, what, three years <laughs> yeah. since they really started putting money towards it. Apparently, it's, it's the, apparently it is a foundation in anime. Yep. So, yeah. But anywho, what, what have you been watching? <laughs> I have had a rough week. The world is a dumpster fire. Um, yeah. And I'm just, I haven't been wanting to watch, like, any actual story-driven anime. Mm -hmm. Apologies for fans of this anime, but I've just been watching a whole bunch of Food Wars. Girl, you're fine. I'm watching a whole bunch of Food Wars. It's beautiful food, yep. dirty jokes, it's <laughs> great and funny, and I, I've, I've, I watched the first season, I think, a while ago, and then I just kind of fell off it, and so now I'm finishing it out. And it mm. is also available in both sub and dub, so it's perfect. However, I can't watch it at work because I don't need anybody coming up to my screen going, oh, what the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say, like, you watching Food Wars is the equivalent of me binging the Food Network shows, like Chopped. For a mm, whole, like for yeah. a full marathon, for when I feel like the world is shitty and I don't feel like paying attention, but I want to zone yeah. out and watch this five year, this five year old learn how to cook. So, yeah, and then get sad because they're better than me. Yes, but then I get it motivates me to get up in that kitchen and try to whip something together. <laughs> I have been doing Green Chef for about two months now. It's mm -hmm. great. I feel super empowered until I start watching a cooking show, especially like Master Chef Junior. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Okay. It's just so it cute. It tastes good. It's just so cute <laughs> how they at that stove and they're so short and they know how to flambe and we don't. <laughs> it's adorable. But no, I think that Food Wars is an excellent choice in my opinion because sometimes you just like need something you can zone out with. And I, in my opinion, Food Wars is a, is a good example of fan service. It's yeah. not perfect. But yeah, no, but you're right though. It's it's a real good example of fan service. Mm -hmm. uh, circle back to our last episode on prison school. Food Wars is a perfect example of like like fan service for everyone. Yep, exactly. And I I think it's, I think it's because it makes me also want to eat that food because I'm like it must be that good. Like it mu like I I'm curious to actually try to cook some of the food except for the weird things that. The, one the weird things that that main dude makes. Yeah, like Yuki Hara. Like, maple octopus. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not with it, 
But, you know, apparently it must be the bee's knees for some people. I don't know. I'm like, oh no, this child ain't got no taste buds. Uh, If you haven't watched Food Wars uh, and you're listening to this, essentially, Food Wars is a... Would Food Wars be etchy? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. So, Food Wars is an etchy anime where you follow a kid, teenager... I can't look at them as teenagers. They're all teenagers. They're men and they're men and women, how they're drawn and everything. I, I'm not going to abide by world logic here. Mm-hmm. But you follow a guy who is left to take care of his his family's ramen shop while his famous chef dad is gone. Uh, he ends up having to close it and going to a culinary academy where he is essentially um, like the lowest of the low there. Mm-hmm. But he's the best chef. He has no training. He has no nothing. Just what he learned in his, in his family's restaurant. And he goes and, of course, he wins everybody over with his food. Um, but Food Wars takes food porn to the next level because it has yep. beautiful, beautiful food. Probably, like, Studio Ghibli level, um, like, food looking. Yep. But every time somebody eats something that he makes that is ridiculously good, they pretty much simulate an orgasm. Um, yep. Clothes pop off, things pop up. It's hilarious. Yes. Um, and, and the funny thing is, is that when you realize it's not like this weird cut sometimes. Like, you know, yeah. like it's not happening in the character's head. It's actually happening. It's actually happening. It's so good. <laughs> it blends that line. It's, it's, it, it, it is fan servicey for people who like women, fan servicey for people who like men, mm-hmm. fan servicey for people who like food. It's just is real good. Yes. Also, like the little chibi versions of them as angels are hilarious. <laughs> yes, that is so. They're adorably hilarious. Hilarious. Oh, and then when people show up with like, uh, so one of the, one of my favorite ones was that I forgot what she ate, but. He transfers her to the water and then a mermaid swims up and he's super, super buff. But like his head is the shape of the food that she ate. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, oh. And I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> and I love it. Yep. I it's know good. exactly what you're talking about. Don't watch it at work, though. No. (laughs) I I got in trouble for, like, recommending it to friends because we were talking about, oh, anime food is always the best. I'm like, oh, if you like anime food, you're going to want to watch this. And then my friend and his wife, like, were on the same group chat together. And they were just like, Nisha, what did you put on our TV? Yeah. This was actually one of the first animes, one one of the first few animes that I was watching. And then Matt was like... I'm not. I'm not dealing with this, and walked away. And I was like, I'm sorry. The first one was Devil Man Cry Baby, which he was. He had a lot with that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I would be so curious to see like how far we can make Matt get with Devil Man Cry Baby. Like, you know, I actually think like the story type thing he would really like. Yeah, the story good. The, but it is weird. It is and very dark. Very and weird and dark. Yeah. And I still want to go watch the original one. I don't know what's wrong with me. Cause the- yeah, so I have this weird thing, and I think it's happened Like it's happened when I've watched, uh, like, OVAs, too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something about, like, updated animation styles that I have a really hard time going back to watching older, mm. older ones. I think my um, thing is, like, if you think this one was gruesome and dark, and I've seen clips of the original one, and there have been other iterations, but, like, I mean, the original, original one. Yeah. It is, like, because it's, like, 90s anime, like, think of Sailor Moon animation, like, from the 90s. Yeah. But gruesome. 
like yeah. carnage. You see, like, it, no shocker, no spoilers here for Devil Man Cry, Cry Baby, but like the the main characters, like adopted family, the little boy gets shot in the head with an arrow. They show you the little boy getting shot in the head with yeah. an arrow, like. It's gruesome. Like, I think Netflix, while it was gruesome also, they didn't show you, like, some the some of the stuff that actually happened in the original one. So I was just like, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me. Maybe I enjoy, like, torturing my soul and crying at night. So, yep. But I understand. Like, once you've watched the updated version, that is, like, your... Oh, what is it? It's, like, your blueprint for yeah. it. Yeah. Which... You still need to do your Crunchyroll, oh, but of bad. all the anime they're going to talk about in Enter the Anime, they're not going to mention Devilman Crybaby? They even, ugh, that's true, they didn't. They right? didn't, like, dive into it. Oh, my God. Okay, right? to, okay. I'll, I'll get through mine real quick, too. So, a kind of, like, in the spirit with yours, uh, like, with you said, like, the world's been shit lately, so I decided to also watch something that I didn't have to put too much energy into. So I watched the new anime on Funimation. It's called How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift? And I felt like... Oh my gosh, is that the one with the... They're all... They all have like little weights on the yes, cover? Yes, the little... Like it's anime. <laughs> so basically, this girl, her, her name's Hibiki. She loves food and is starting to affect her size. In an effort to slim down, she scopes out her local gym only to discover problems. It's a haven for intimidating bodybuilders. And her classmate, um, Akimi has a weirdly aggressive muscle obsession after meeting her handsome personal trainer, Machio. Um, Hibiki bites the bullet and starts her quest for a hot bod. Now, I'm going to say, I had very low expectations for this because of the premise, where I didn't like the idea of a teenage girl like feeling like her bot, something was wrong with her body because she had a few extra pounds. So I was just like, when it when I got, I, didn't, I had no, like, I had no idea... That was the premise. I just thought, like, oh, they all are, like, fit into fitness. And I like fitness, so I want to watch it. And it was more like her friend points out to her, like, girl, I guess some girls, some guys like thick girls. I'm like, well, what the hell is wrong with you? What kind of fucking friend are you? Um, so I didn't like that premise because I don't like the idea of, like, teenage characters doubting their figure and, like, being vapid and everything. But, again, it's anime. It's a, it's a plot to it. But... So as the story goes... That's how one of my favorite K-dramas is. Like, I hate that I love it, but it's all about her losing weight. And mm-hmm. I'm like... And they everybody makes fun of her for being fat. And I'm like, you're like half my size. How are you fat? Right. And that's the other thing. The girl isn't even fat. Like, she's like... It's it's not even a, a, a problem here. And I'm just like, okay. And like when, they, when I did the conversion of the weight, I'm like, this girl's 120 pounds. Like... Mm. that's that's very normal for a teenager to be 120 pounds. So, as we go on with it, it kind of definitely explores, like, the point of her, like, even though you're young now, you can enjoy junk food and everything, it's still important to keep your body healthy. And, like, so it's, like, it's, I like that they didn't, like, make it all about, like, oh, you have to stop eating everything, you have to starve yourself, because she still loves to eat and everything. But it's more like oh, I feel better when I work out. And it's, like, it's good for me. It's good, like, I feel more, like, 
not more complete, but what's the word? Like, you know, like when you get those endorphins and she just like realizes. Yeah, like you feel like more fulfilled. Yeah. And that's like, and I like that part that it's exploring. Um, And it's like, and it's also, it's very kind of, it's cute how they add in like how to show people how to properly do exercises. Like if you're a beginner, here's what you can do. Here's how to do a squat. And then like, they basically give you a diagram. So it is, and it also is fan servicey also because you have like, cutely drawn little anime like anime girls teenagers who are working out in a gym thank god they're like clothed clothed appropriately except for whenever they do the demonstration they put them in like a, a sports bra and short shorts which i'm just like it's not necessary but i get it this is the fan service so anyways i like that the educational part about it is showing them how to do the exercise and it's stuff that's like very helpful and that's accurate like they talk about how the myth about like how you're supposed to stretch before you work out is a myth you actually shouldn't overstretch before you work out because that's how injuries happen. So, yeah, I like it. It has a few problematic things, but I think it's really, really good. Cool. I need to check that out. Yeah. Plus, it makes me, when I watch it at night, I'm like, I, I will go work out in the morning. I will wake up at 5 a.m. and go work out. I, I, I have to like watch it and I feel inspired. <laughs> But yeah, uh-huh. now that we've ta- talked about all the good things, um, you want to tell the people what we watched? I mean, you yeah. already did, but the summary, I guess. Yeah, so we watched Enter the Anime, which is Netflix's newest documentary. Um, I'm going to read what the summary says. It is a documentary aimed to newcomers mm. to anime, and mm. it follows anime newbie Alex Brunova as she dives into the mysterious world of the genre. First of all, first problem, anime is not a genre. It's not. Anime is a type of animation. Yep. There are genres within it. Netflix. Yep. <gasps> Next thing. The documentary features some of the biggest anime stars like Kenji Kamiyama, Shinji Aramaki, Kozu Morishida, production houses like Toei Animation and Polygon Pictures, and IPs like Agretzigo, Evangelion, and Ultraman to give the fans a behind-the-scenes look at the elusive world of anime. Oh. How Mm. has anime been elusive? Mm. (laughs) I mean, back in our day, like the Toonami Kids Day, yes. Mm-hmm. Today, no. Which, to be honest, we still found a way. Like, you might have found yourself on a virus ridden, you know, website, but I still got to watch all the Dragon Ball Z movies. Mm hmm. So, just. Uh, yeah. I just. Um, yeah, go. Just. I just have to say, this is some bullshit. Yep. It's an hour of my life I'm never going to get back, but I will always remember and be enraged by. Before, So before we really get into it, like, let's just talk about what our expectations for this were. Because I had high hopes. I was kind of excited when when I saw, like, the creators who were going to be on there talking about Mm -hmm. this. And I'm like, oh, cool. We're going to, like, talk the guy who's behind Castlevania, the guy who's behind, like, Cannon Busters. Oh, that's dope. I'm excited to hear their thoughts, which to my... I will say that here. That's the one good thing is getting to hear some of those things from those creators. Those are like the only silver lining here is from the words from the actual creators' mouths. However, because of how some of the documentary is framed, it just comes off as insulting. 
in a way. It doesn't kind of come off as insulting. It is insulting. She yeah. uses the word crazy so many times to talk about anime. Yeah. And to talk about anime fans specifically. And Yeah, and the whole definition of otaku in the illustration next to that kind of just like, okay, can we not? Yep. Can we really not? Like, yep. I just, so yeah, you said, or you've already said the premise. The girl, um, I've already forgotten her name. Alex Brunova. Okay, Alex. Um, she claims that she's a newcomer to anime, which that's fine. I'm yep. okay with newcomers coming into anime. Sorry, before I go any further in this rant. Kate, what were your expectations? My expectations were to get to see anime through the eyes of somebody who hasn't experienced it before mm. and to see them learn the long history mm. of the animation style and storytelling from Japan mm-hmm. and to get into how, oh, it's not just this niche thing. A lot of people like anime. Yeah. And it's not and just you for know, children. In Japan, the place where it's made, it's not just a little subculture. It's mm-hmm. kind of just how they consume a visual medium. Mm-hmm. Also, manga Tonkoban are not comic mm. books. I felt like I heard you scream in my head when they say that. When they referred so to mad. when they referred to the manga <laughs> as, as comic books. So I was just like, that's not that's that At least it. if she had specifically called Shonen, because those are collections of smaller story, or like the Shonen Jump, those mm-hmm. collections of smaller stories, or she'd use the word graphic novel. Just no, like none it's Mm. It's just all over the place. So that was it our is, expectations, but... Yeah, because, like, the thing was, is I expected somebody to go in wanting to learn and not putting forward their, like, already preconceived notions of it. Like, it wasn't, oh, I thought manga were just Japanese comic books. I was wrong. Like, she just holds her same view the entire time, and it's somebody of who's, like... She was the girl in middle school who made fun of me. That's all I just keep seeing as she talks. Yes, it's the girl when I wore my Sailor Moon backpack to school that she felt the need to say like, oh, you still watch Sailor Moon? As if we're not 10. Yep. Like, and not to me, just, just the tone. Like, the tone of it all. Like, it's one thing to be... So, going back to our point, like, it's one thing to be a newcomer to something, but it's like, when you're a newcomer to something, I kind of treat it like I'm a guest in your house. I don't insult you. Like... Yeah. It, it just, like, felt like backhanded backhanded compliments the entire time. Well, there's, time. like, this part where, like, she's gone through, or she's going through... Because I'm assuming all this narration happens after, right? That's usually what happens in documentaries. Yeah. Like... What really pissed me off is there's this moment where she's actually getting to go to karaoke bars and bars in general and seeing how people react to, like, opening theme songs. It's the same way fucking dumbasses still sing the friend song. Like, it's not some eccentric thing that is othered. Like, they're just people who love something and who have learned it growing up. There are tons of songs in the U.S. that everybody has the same auto reaction to as well. 
And when she when a bar goes out to it, she looks at the camera and the narration's like, these fans go apeshit over anime songs. And I'm like, <sighs> why are you why are why Why are you this it, way? Yeah, because it, it it's it's frustrating. I think you're exactly right. Like and this isn't to say that you can't learn and grow and and become a part of the culture that you know that that you that you that you're starting to love. Um, mm-hmm. I love watching new people come into anime, but there's a certain like you you have to be respectful of it. Yeah, because she's not just dissing on anime. She's actually here's what it is. She makes. The left-handed compliments that I make about anime, if that I make about weebs when I go to an anime convention, but it's okay if I do it because I am also a weeb. Yeah. And I am laughing, like, I am laughing with my community that Only I'm Only we can make of. fun of us. Exactly. Like, that's truly it. That's like, all it is. That's re- that's all I kind of want to say. It's like, only we can make those jokes. But at the same time, we're also still being respectful of, like, uh, like this show in and of itself is like a sign like is basically a representation of how much me and you love anime. Yeah. And like how many times have we talked shit about like terrible wigs and like oh. good anime, bad anime, whatever it is, live action weebs, adaptations. Weebs and hentai sweaters. Yep, yep, all of it. All of it. <laughs> we have gone into it in some extent. But you know what? We're part of that like culture. We're part of the like this yeah. of this fandom. And we have an understanding of it that comes with it. And it just seems like it's like when everyone at the lunch table is making jokes and we're all used to making jokes. And that new kid comes and makes a joke. And like, uh, uh-uh, bro, you can't you yeah. can't say that. You, you d- can't sit here. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to yell at the damn thing. She doesn't even go here. Yes. Like, And she wasn't even trying to go here. And no. that's the problem. Like. To, like wax a little academic here there's a concept um in middle eastern studies called orientalism it's specifically mm. this way of analyzing and researching things and presenting um uh information about uh specifically arab peoples to european and like you know western cultures and making them seem extremely different it emphasizes the differences it exaggerates any sort of like tiny Mm. um, eccentricity it lives in this exoticism and it's a dangerous way of thinking that many people have pushed past especially when it comes to um you know in in middle eastern studies but the, the term orientalism also just like really works here because it is literally this American woman coming into Japan and being like, all y'all are crazy. Mm. Everybody is crazy. Oh, my God. Look at this Asian lady who sings and people love it. She's in crazy clothes. <sighs> and I'm like, no. She is like, like Beyonce, Yoko, damn it. Exactly. Like, Yoko is, and if you don't know, um, uh, I can't remember her last name. Uh, but it, her name, her first name is Yoko, and she sings the intro to Neo Genesis Evangelion, and that is one of the best opening songs ever. And this woman performs in full freaking concerts. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, okay, well, after that scene where they show the concert, I'm like, well, maybe this is where she's like, oh. And then I realized it wasn't something different. It was normal here because mm-hmm. it's fucking Japan. 
No. No, she just keeps freaking talking about how it's made by misfits for misfits. And I'm just like... Right. And then I I looked it up. So it's Yoko Takahashi. Yoko Takahashi, yes. Yeah. So no, and then I thought the same thing too. I'm like, oh, surely once she sees like how all these people just like are enthralled with this woman singing their this song that they like one maybe if you looked at the lyrics maybe that might help but like or maybe like you know exploring the the source material of what it's related to like why people like it so much like there are countless anime openings that there are songs that we just that people go up for and it's like the same thing like if Beyonce comes out with a Lemonade album and if let me tell you if it was attached to an anime song I mean, anime yeah. opening, I would probably go ape shit for that too. Well, like, but like, this woman is a celebrity also yeah. outside of just the anime song. Even though, like, she made a point like she never wanted to be a singer, but like, it's still the fact that it, there, she's more than just this. But then, like, just yeah. with the impact. And for me, like, there's like this added, like, almost like for me, when she was interviewing Yoko and then, like, even like the other creators, it was like she was looking at them in a freaking zoo. Yeah. Like, she was having them perform, and, like, when she has Yoko, I mean, and granted, like, Yoko might have, might have wanted to sing at that moment, the way it's framed mm-hmm. is very much by, look how strange, the, look at, look how strange this woman is. Look at how strange these people are. And I'm just like, that's, it's fucked. It's it really, is. really fucked. It's disrespectful, and, and I think this is what made me, like, tipped me from just being disappointed and frustrated to being full-on pissed was when it felt like she was disrespecting creators. I agree. Like, the parts where, so, like, the Castlevania um, creator. Yeah, Adi Shankar. Yeah, so with him, I just felt like that was wildly, it just felt like, like, I felt like it was just, like, framing him as this outsider and weirdo and i'm like granted like you, like he's eccentric we get that like but he's like he's a creative person and we get that yeah. but it's just like the way his shots are framed it's like you're framing him as like oh look at this outsider and how much he loves this thing and like yeah. isn't it crazy how much he loves this thing i'm like have you ever watched an episode of castlevania have you ever seen the animation that goes into that thing have you ever like lo- have you ever like just watched it and understood how deep that story is no, you're just basically, you're going off of like, what, a summary of notes that someone probably handed you. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be gatekeeping. I really want to make that known here. I'm not be- being a gatekeeper here. But it just really felt like if this was supposed to be about her exploring the world of anime from a new, from a person who hasn't done it before, I just feel like this was a disservice because I didn't get exactly. any of that. I feel like she was just told, here are the anime that Netflix owns or that we have streaming rights to. And we're going to cover these and you're going to interview these people. And cool, that's one thing, but don't call it Enter the Anime when you're making it more about none of that. It was like, if you, if Netflix wanted to make this about their anime and just say, this is an anime documentary, this is a documentary about our anime and we're going to explore the creators behind it. That's one thing, but don't say she's exploring the world of anime because I think you made a good point. Anime has a long and lengthy history, and it was it was glanced over. Not even glanced over. It yeah. was like a bl- it was a blip in here, and I'm like, I think a lot of people would have enjoyed like the like the origin of anime, like yeah. where it came from and how it started. Because one of the creators, I think, it was the Toei animation creator. He mentioned how anime came after World War II as yep. a way to give children hope, and I'm like, yeah, 
I can see that. And I didn't, like, I wouldn't have known that if I was yeah. a newcomer to anime. Because I think a lot of people don't know the source. Like, that's why people started mm-hmm. making this whole entire thing that it is yeah. up until today. And then... And then- and then it's also what she does after, too, is, like, one, she has, like, this irreverent style of humor that can work, but mm-hmm. not here, not when mm-hmm. you're trying to do something that is supposed to be you learning or teaching others. Yeah. But also there's this constant reference back to the West and mm. constant reference back to, like, American stuff. So it's like, oh, the toy is like Disney. And, like, yeah, you're correct. It's like Disney. But it's not, can you just let the guy talk? Yeah. And really expand on why this is a thing. And, like, it's frustrating because I own the only, the two oldest anime they have in there are Saint Seiya and um, uh, Evangelion. Mm. That is only because Netflix redubbed and owns the distribution rights for Evangelion in the U.S. Yep. And because Saint Seiya, they just rebooted. And that that is the only reason I think Toei is even in there because yeah. they have contracts with them. Because the other thing that this that this sixty minute just farce does, yeah, is it consistently makes you think that Netflix anime that have like just come out True. are the largest thing in weeb culture, and it's like no, Mm-mm. they're not bad. I'm not dissing your anime, but they're not like Funimation exists. Yeah. Crunchyroll exist, mm-hmm. and like even is it VRV Verve Viz? Yeah, Viz. Yep, Viz VRV. I'll, there's so many others that have been here before them, and obviously Netflix isn't going to toot other people's horns. Um, yeah, but it's kind of like what as I was thinking about it, and like obviously I realized, oh, this is just a very long commercial about their anime. Mm-hmm. But. How the hell would you have the nerve to do an anime documentary and not mention Hayao Miyazaki? Yeah. The, like, who I consider to be the god, one of the godfathers of anime. Like, literally. Or Akira Toriyama. Akira Toriyama. And Akira, I think, no, Akira at one point was probably on Netflix. But, like, there are, like. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, Akira Toriyama, the creator of Dragon Ball Z. No, yeah, I know. I mean, I know what you meant. Oh, and just, Akira. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was. I thought of when you said Akira, I'm like also Akira, but it's like yes, but yes, yeah, like two giants, two huge giants, and yeah. anime and the industry, and not even a mention of them. And again, and, it's yeah, because. And it's, oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm very excited. Go ahead. I am too. No, and it's like, and I, and like, once we get that, like, this is just totally about Netflix tooting their own horn about anime. But at the same time, I'm like, this could have been so much better if you had been more inclusive and included, like, those, at least those two people. Like, Dragon Ball Z was like name dropped, but they didn't dive into it. Yeah, and they like brought up Ghost in the Shell on mm-hmm. a, on on a screen to show you how two creators got together. But yeah. they only did that because apparently Ghost in the Shell is getting another <laughs> getting another uh, another facelift on Netflix. Oh no! And I'm sure it'll be CGI too. Oh no! Um, but we don't have to watch that one, right? No, I, I hope think. Not. Oh, good. It's it's also like it's this thing like where I it just gets so fucking frustrating because like mm-hmm. at the end of the day like I can there was promise in this premise like having yeah. somebody who has never been exposed to anime start going down anime is amazing and and 
because when we look back at anime, we look at like these big milestones. I would never tell a newcomer to anime to go watch Akira. I would never do yeah. that. I would never yeah. put that on them. But Akira was a watershed moment for the U.S. and mm-hmm. anime overall. That was the first large title that came and made an impact and led to the Tanami generation. Yeah. No, and you're right. You know, I wouldn't tell somebody to go watch One Piece because there's 800 episodes. Not if they ain't got or... the stamina. No. <laughs> um, but what I would do is I suggest they go watch My Hero. Or yeah. I would suggest a shoujo that's at 12 episodes and is self-contained. Like, mm-hmm. there, there was so much promise in this documentary where it could have brought us through, like, showing the history of anime but also showing like a way to move through it as a newcomer because it can be really daunting like yeah. coming into weeb areas where you haven't watched all 400 something episodes of dragon ball z or whatever like Ooh. that can be really intimidating and you are welcome here if you haven't done that like everybody is welcome yeah. and i think that this missed what it could have been and oh, like for sure. it, i can't take it I can't, like, it. I just don't even want to take it seriously. Like, it wasn't even good in the parts where, like, this could have been really awesome to see, like, the anime creators from, ne- like, the Western creators. Like, the people who loved anime growing up so much. And, like, they, we got that, but we didn't get it. Like, we didn't mm-hmm. really get that. Where, yeah, like, the, is it, I think it's Cannon Busters. Like, the new anime that's yeah. coming out. And, that, like, I love that we got to have, like, a little snippet of that. And, like, we got to see his excitement and him sharing, like, his love of anime. And, like, the, the Japanese culture and everything. And, like, how he, like, it inspired him to create what he's creating. Yeah. But, like, after that, it's just gone. And then we don't, we don't really dive into it. That could have been a whole documentary on itself. Like yeah. exploring the creators and like their passion for this for this industry and like what drove them and like and then because we've talked about it like it's not like anime d- has like become so impactful that it's not something that is only created out of Japan. I think now it's because like I think it's because there's so many animators who grew up like you and me watching Toonami who were inspired yeah. by it and either they've gone over there to make it or they've gone and learned about it mm-hmm. and they've taken those skills and now they've brought it here and now they're making it here. So it's like that's truly something special to see how an ind- like how this thing and where it started inspired all these creators all around the world. Yeah. And yeah, it's like I mean uh, no, I was just like, it's kind of, and then going back to what you said about the new, like the whole, like when we are very welcoming fandom, it's not like, obviously some fandoms are to- toxic, but I will say like, whenever I find out like someone likes anime, like when me and Kate, when me and you realize you like anime, I like anime, which one do you like? And it's just like, mm-hmm. just talking and that camaraderie, like we had an instant and it's like, it's awesome. And then when when we find somebody who hasn't watched anime before, we're like, oh, well, what do you like? Like, do you like, yeah. do you like things like Autobots when you were growing up? Do you think you like things like princesses? Like, yeah. finding out what people like is a great way to find them suggestions. Oh, well, like, you know, if you like superheroes, you should check out My Hero Ac- Ac- Academia. Yeah. Um, if you like something a little darker, or do you like um, film noir? Check out Cowboy Bebop. Like... There's an anime for everything, and it would have been so cool if maybe that's where they started. Is yeah. like trying to explore your interest within within the industry and where that could lead you. 
Yeah. And I think like, I think also what you said earlier too, that like kind of really struck a point is like, there's a big problem with weeb culture where we assume we know everything. And then mm-hmm. I, I use we as like for weeb, not necessarily me and you, but like oh, we no, assume gotcha. we know everything of what anime is like in Japan or mm-hmm. because we read this manga legally this first oh time, God. we have more <laughs> access to Japan. There is a sort of fetishization that happens, but I, and, and yeah. that lens that gets put on it is like the opposite of what she does. Like she has this complete dismissal because it's foreign. But I think the strength that this could have been, like you said, was really honing in on like, hey, we're Americans who like anime. What did this path look like for all of us? Mm -hmm. What did we watch growing up? What were our first? How did we expand? What does a platform like Netflix actually bring to expanding our fandom? And looking, like you said, at people like Aaron Magruder, like the guy who created the Boondocks. Right. Like that is probably one of the first Western animations done in the anime style that I can remember. Yeah. Um, and you have Avatar The Last Airbender. And you got Cannon Busters coming out. Seis Manos is coming out. And yeah. I'm super stoked for it. But like that is a very specific pocket of anime in that it's... It, like you said, it's people who were inspired by it. Mm-hmm. And I think doing more, because that's really where Netflix's strength is, is like Netflix is creating a lot of these anime, not to cater to an audience in Japan, but to cater to an audience that has a hunger for new titles. And they're fulfilling a service that Crunchy and Funimation don't, and that Crunchy and Funimation pull directly from Japan. Like they're mm-hmm. they're pulling that direct from the source piece for us, Netflix has the ability to expand the platform that is anime and just bring us all together and, and expand all our libraries. And so I don't hate Netflix anime. On the contrary, Castlevania is amazing. It's wonderful. It is. There's just- a little Vampire Hunter D in there. There's <laughs> like... it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. But at it- the end of the day, like this... We have had a better conversation in the last 15 minutes than that 60 minutes of documentary. Pretty much. Because there's no care. There's mm-hmm. no... I don't get the feeling that she genuinely cared about what was happening. At I all. I don't either. Like, I don't feel like... It, and obviously, if it's not for her, it's not for her. Like, if anime is just not her thing, I would have much rather that like someone else did it shout out to danny fernandez who i think would have been amazing for this um and it's not like again i'm not saying that the like the documentary being from the lens of someone who's new to it wouldn't have worked it's just that i don't feel like she genuinely had an interest in learning about anime and then and actually diving into like all like the aspects all the aspects of it and to do it in an hour I just feel like this was this was Netflix's way of like, hey, we got this big bag of money from raising up everybody's subscription price. What we want to yeah. do with it? Let's make an hour long commercial with somebody to go to Japan. Cool. Here, like it just it just feels it, everything feels so disingenuous. And then yeah. I guess like the only parts that really felt genuine were when the creators were talking, like yeah. by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Or when they were being interviewed, I guess by. 
not by her. So like when they went, when yeah. like some of the creators from Japan were being interviewed, and I'm just like, see, this sounds like an actual conversation. Like this sounds like they're actually just like get they get to talk about their work and their love and like their dedication to their craft. Yeah, because it's um, really cool to see how they. Um, it's really cool to see how like the mocap's done and things like Baki and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like that's really cool. Yeah. But then you end up getting it intercut with like these things where um, where is it? She says that um anime is japan's con tradition because how do we get anime like a gretzigo loud aggressive and gritty okay first off did we watch the same thing uh, yeah <laughs> did we uh and then she finishes it by saying when seemingly japan is literally the least gritty place i've ever been and i'm like you are a tourist yeah you are not living there you are not you are not a part of a system that pushes you one way or another to have experiences that drive storytelling i can't name i i can't list all the anime that i have watched that i have seen that tackle things like by like parental abuse mm-hmm. like child abandonment the foster care system in japan like to dismiss that and like paint japan in this a utopian yeah yeah it's a utopic view yeah that shows that you actually have no care and you haven't watched anything to actually expand that view yeah no and And then then, like oh sorry go ahead go ahead no go ahead no because like just adding to that like i felt that like there was just like a part of me just like felt like this sounds very insulting for you a visitor a guest in this country to make these comments about yeah. This place that you're visiting that you don't know what the everyday person goes through. And like a Gretzko is truly about like the com like not com- uh, yeah, like the common millennial, like that it, it isn't just like just because she lives in Japan, but like the fact that a lot of people can relate to different characters in a Gretzko because it's stuff that we're dealing with like globally getting older yeah like having a job that you might hate working for a terrible boss dating marriage all these things life changes like it, it explores more than that if Gretzko isn't just like some soup like I don't know how she got to gritty I don't know if she just like watched the clip of her like doing metal music karaoke that's it that's pretty much it but I think that's like the thing that kind of like irritated me the most is like you didn't even try to like watch anything then did you and then like Going back to, like, just, like, her view of Japan, like, I think Japan is viewed as, like, this very advanced, very, like, you know, culturally responsible place in, like, how, how like, our, how the world, like, outside of Japan views it. But I also feel like people paint it, like, a picture of how people paint, like, Canada it's like Canada's yeah. a perfect place to live and nothing ever goes wrong because they have health care and there's no racism. And I'm like, I know friends who live in Canada and that's not true. So like, it's just like how like she basically took the stereotype of Japan and blew it up times 10. Yeah. And then it just, it made, it kind of made me feel like when people ask me because like I work in Chicago and yeah. they're just like, oh my God, Chicago's a war zone. How do you go there every day? I'm just like, have you ever been to Chicago? Like, like that's what that's like the same yeah. kind of tone I got from her descriptions of whenever yeah. she talked about Japan. And when she said the Japanese, I was just like, this feels weird. Like, this feels like yeah. wrong. 
And then you have this, I don't even cringe, it's just really disrespectful moment where she's mm. like, I'm not going to get a la- let a language barrier get in my way. <gasps> and then she talks to a fucking girl on the street. And she's like laughing that she sucks at Japanese. I'm like, dude, she's working. Doing a fucking documentary. Get a translator. Yeah, and don't we kn- be we a know dick by like trying to mimic someone's language. Ugh. And that was just like highly insulting. Sorry, I cut you off. Also, no, you're uh, fine. But like, it's just so insulting because we know you have money for a translator. One, two, this girl is working. Like, I think it was the girl who was, like, working, uh, like, outside of the restaurant and, like, advertising the restaurant and everything. So that's annoying. You're annoying a person. You're, like, interrupting a person who's doing an actual job and you're making fun of the fact that you can't speak their language. But also, three, it's, like, a lot of people, like, it's widely known that a lot of countries, and Japan is one of them, is that people can speak the English English language. Not, I'm not saying that everyone can, but it's, like... I've had friends and family that have gone over to Japan and like a lot of countries they learn more than one language in exactly school. <laughs> which is just like very how should I say it's just some bullshit it's just it's very yeah. insulting that to go to another country and like speak American that's basically what it came off as like not obviously in that same exact tone but it's just like it's in that same vein of like watch me try and speak their language yeah just a mess it's 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 just all super frustrating then you have like kenji kamiyama who's like he this is the dude who did eat him of the east he did Mm -hmm. like so many ghosts in the shells and they only like his main thing is ultraman on here and they just show stuff in the background and it it's just a completely disregard for the position that they have Mm mm-hmm it's just it's it's bad it just could have been a lot better there was like like a lot of opportunity and like granted i've never made a documentary i've like i'm 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 obviously like not a director but i feel like we have workshopped literally a documentary between this episode and the last 45 minutes that could have worked better yeah well and it's also one of those things too where it's like How do I explain it? Oh, take your time. This this shit is heavy. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to like... Okay, essentially, I have watched YouTube deep dives into anime content that is ten times better than this. Oh, yeah. Because there there's a respect for the storytelling and... Essentially what she does when she just kind of when she says that anime is a contradiction to Japan, it's one a refusal to understand Japan and Japanese people as experiencing humans mm-hmm. um, and also detaching anime from the place that it's from. Like yes. art, like superhero stories. Fun fact superheroes the modern superhero the way we know them the way they started in the golden age of comics to now that is something that is a uniquely american creation Mm -hmm. it has to do with our concepts of morality our storytelling methods and that is different than telling a story somewhere else anime and the different genres, and we have an episode on shonen. It is a different type of storytelling that is grounded in the culture, that is grounded in the experiences of the people creating it. 
And I feel like I'm talking in circles, but it just it just frustrates me so much because there's just a complete inability. I guess like I guess the most frustrating and and rage inducing thing about this is that it's almost as if she refuses to see the Japanese creators and anime fans as people. Yes, that is because it's just like like you said, it just feels like she puts them in this group. Like, one, people who are anime fans, but then also people, like, who are, like, pe- Japanese people as if they are other. As yeah. a whole, like, just making, otherizing them. And I know I'm making up that word, but, like, we've seen it done. Like, when people say, like, I'd say, like, I hate to say this man's name, Donald Trump's, when he talks about the blacks or the Latinos. Mm-hmm. Like, you're otherizing people to basically dehumanize them in a way. And yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't know if this is exactly dehumanization, but it's like, it, d- it definitely just feels insulting and it feels like you can't, like, it's, like I said, it, when you're a guest in someone else's house, you don't insult them. And it's just like, it just feels like that's what she did for a whole hour. Like to fans yeah. of anime, but also to like an entire culture of people. Cause like at no point did we even talk about like the power of anime, like as far as like money, yeah. like dude. I, I I have never seen the statistic, but I have to assume it has to be one of the number one exports in Japan. Mm-hmm. Just like the amount of money when you talk about merch, entertainment, and then like manga and like all this stuff that comes from like this industry. And I'm just like, so we're just going to ignore that. You, you keep trying to make it seem like it's just a small group of people in Japan and in the U.S. and other country and other countries who like anime. But then like you're you're not acknowledging the fact that this industry is like a billion dollar industry like it the impact is huge and i just feel like that was also just like super disrespectful to make it seem like oh it's something that's always been geared towards children and that's it and it's never been anything more instead of just like actually like diving in deeper into it and just <sighs> i just yeah just ditto everything you said because i feel like I'll, I'll i will talk in circles i'm just i'm frustrated with it it's it's all frustrating. Yeah. It's it's all extremely frustrating and there's just there's nothing to do with it. Like yeah. this had the ability to be something more and they didn't care. No, they did not care. And I mean that's their thing like it's I look, I'll say it this way, Netflix, if someone at Netflix listens to this, send me and Kate to do a documentary next time. Yeah. Cuz you know what we do a better job than this. Mm-hmm. Just like, and I've, and like, again, it's just like one of those things where there's just so much potential for it. And I can't help but just think like, man, what if it had been like better? Like, or just, it could have been better. I just feel like I'm just going to keep saying that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, any other last thoughts on it? no it's a waste of time (laughs) it is if i could go through and just like clip out the creators interviews that i liked yeah i would and i also don't want this to think like uh be the beginning which is this really good like Mm -hmm. dark serial killer anime is is amazing on there um honestly you know what go watch in the robot or get in the robot 
go watch that. It's it's a YouTube channel. They do deep dives on anime, deep mm. dives into stuff. Um, it it's good. Just go watch Get in the Robot. Spend your time binging through their YouTube videos instead of watching this mess because it's it's bad. And also, actually, if you're looking to get into the anime, in into anime. Um, Get in the Robot is a really good series that will kind of break stuff down for you as well as give you recommendations mm. uh, for the year. So I, yeah, do that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, y'all go watch that. You you can do so much more with an hour instead of watching yeah. this for an hour like we did. I watched it on my commute to work and I was just like, man, this is rough. So yep. y'all, we we have saved you an hour of your time use it wisely, go watch something else more useful. There's a ton. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, we don't have to go through our normal questions at the end or whatever, our exit survey. Um, But I guess, fine. Did they have to? No! No. Not with this, not with her. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. They didn't have to do it this way. They could have done it. Could have been better. So Funimation yep. Crunchyroll, looking at you, y'all yep. can make a, y'all make a documentary. You, one of you guys hired Danny Fernandez, and y'all explore. Danny does work with Funimation. So. She does it. She does, yeah. Oh, she does. I was just like, hold yeah. on, I thought she. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. She does work with them. Oh, so yeah. it's perfect. Liz, we have given them everything they need. Then, like we have given y'all a pitch. A host. All Kate and I ask is free subscription for the next two years and a trip to one of y'all concerts yep. that look fun. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and pay for our plane. Um, but oh my gosh, yeah, no, I agree. So maybe that's something we can look forward to. Maybe that's something Funimation could get into or Crunchyroll, like or whoever. Somebody else make a documentary, like you said. You said it's get into the get into the robot or get into the get into robot. Get in the robot. Get in the robot. Um, that sounds like something I'm gonna check out because I I've gone through my deep dives of YouTube videos when it comes to anime, um, but I've not come across that yet. So I'm gonna go check that out. Yep. Cool. Well, with awesome. That- um. Well, as always, you can find us at dyht underscore pod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you can find me at omymethrand here on Twitter. Yep. And you can also find me at la underscore ney underscore sha. Just heads up, guys, at our But Why Though account is almost at 3,000. That's our goal for the year. So the, we just call it the flagship yeah, account. The flagship. The at fla- But Why Though PC. Yeah. So if you follow us and you enjoy our commentary and the content we create, do us a favor and check out that handle, follow it, and join us over there and help us reach that goal. So. And, uh, yeah, how are we going to end this? <sighs> okay, okay, I got this. Last time you came through, so I can do this. Um, would we rather watch Prison School again or this documentary again? Um. Would it have been a good idea to actually have watched some anime before making a documentary about anime? Ooh, ooh, I got one. Ooh, you do it. Will an American go to Japan and not make an ass of themselves? Ooh, find out next time on Did You Have To. Bye. <laughs>